Hello and welcome to the Retail Influencer by 20cent Retail. Climate change affects various aspects of our life and our industries. It is of course also the case in the wine production. But we need to understand the effects in details and also analyze every region and country differently. Because perhaps the effects of climate change are not the same everywhere. Therefore, the answer to the problem should not be the same everywhere. These are all valid questions, don't you think? So I thought it would be interesting to take a case and to see how the Belgian wine industry, for example, is facing the problem. To help me see better and understand the issue, Vicky Corbeil's sustainability research in the wine sector came on our microphone for a chat. Hello, Vicky. Welcome to the show. Hello, Vincent. How are you? I'm fine. And uh, even though today is quite early for us, but we're going to talk about wine. Uh, yes. uh, it's not even, it's only 10 something in the morning, but when we record, but uh, we're going to talk about the impact of climate change on uh, the wine production worldwide and, and more particularly in cold climate countries. Yes. Um, can you maybe start with uh, a more general approach and tell us what is this impact of climate change on wine production worldwide? Is it a good one mm. or a bad one? I expect a bad one. Mm. Well, it's a very good question, a very broad one. So I will try to ask as, as objectively as possible uh, what I try to do in my uh, in my research as well. Um, we see that for you have in in the wine world you have like these big influencing regions, huh? those who have who are well organized, who are um, well represented as well. Uh, they are. Are represented at the European level or in interprofessional levels, and then we think about the the, the big. I will try not to name them um, literally, but we we immediately have some some um, regions, wine regions and wine countries in our minds when we talk about you know the traditional wine. Uh, exactly the traditional one. I was about to say so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Immediately, and I call them actually influencers. Now my promoter doesn't like me to use the word influencers, but they're the ones. It's a good um, name. I like it because it it's it's. It appeals to people. Like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have called it influencers, but that's actually what they are. They um, they are influencing at a, a lot of legislative, um, the, yeah, like any kind of regulation, any kind of legally binding texts about winemaking and how to do it or which product, pro products to use. Now, these regions are often so well organized that they were how to say it, they were lucky enough, so to say, uh, to be able to grasp this idea and the, the, the results and the impact of climate change already decades ago. So some reasons have already decades ago, and I, I speak of 20, 30 years ago, have uh, started adapting and mitigating, mitigating was a bit less because when we talk about climate change, it's also about always about adaptation and mitigation. But they have started to adapt um, their, uh, their their wine production um, schemes and, and schedules to this climate change. So this means that the the old the old way of making wine, and this is a bit the um, the the the, the the contradiction with what we see in the new world wines, like uh, no, no new new wine regions such as Belgium, often we see still a copy paste of these old practices of the of the old wine uh, world. But they have been adapting to climate change for a long time, and this is what something that we need to get on the right track 
for the, the emerging wine regions as well. Now, what do we mean with, with climate change and the influence and the impact of climate change? Well, when you speak about the traditional uh, wine regions, we talk about this famous 45 um, northern hemisphere degree. This is where Bordeaux is uh, is at. This is where Napa Valley is at, the north of, uh, of Italy. So it's it's always been considered as the most um, the most beneficial circumstances to make wine. Now these uh, areas are becoming extremely hot, are becoming extremely dangerous for uh, wildfires, for example. And they have been, it's it's not, you know, it's not a coincidence, but because of the pressure on these regions to, to, to continue to uh, produce wines, because the whole world will, will, is, is drinking their wines, they have been using quite a lot of, uh, of chemical um, pesticides and other fertilizers and everything. So not only do they see that the whole climate is changing, but they see that their ground, the, the soil they have, they, they have planted their, their, yeah, the plants on the the, the vines. The yeah, the vineyards and the vines. Um, it's high time. It has been high time for those regions to start looking for some more biodiversity and the rest restoration of of of, um, of some ecosystems in their in their uh, vineyards. So that's just to name a few of these of these uh, impacts of uh, of climate change. And and because of climate change, uh, not just we drink more wine because we are more thirsty because it's warmer, but mm -hmm. you have new regions who, who arise. Uh, what, what's the impact for them actually? Because you just mentioned copy paste. Are they doing the copy paste, or they are a bit smarter in in their development? I'm I'm, I'm currently uh, researching the, the case study, which is Belgian Belgian winemaking, and I must say that in most of the you know, most of the of the winemakers, I did a survey on this a few years ago um, on the climate resilience of Belgian winemakers. And there were one, 104 winemakers replied to all of the questions. And those were more than 50 questions. So I was very happy with, with the results of that. But we see that most of the winemakers in Belgium, for example, they have took some course, a course on how to make wine, winemaker, um, how to how to plant a vineyard, and and so on. And in those curricula, it is about climate change. There is like no chapter. Now it it starts to come up, and and I'm being asked more and more uh, to to dedicate at least one course in a series of twenty about the climate change. Which of course should be much more because we have to. That's that's the only thing we have, you know. When we have to, when we want to make fruits and we want to, um, we want to sell it as being uh, almost like a natural product because you know fermentation, alcoholic fermentation, it's all a natural uh, process. Then we will have to start looking at at the actual um, the actual circumstances that make it possible for us to make wine, and that's climate. And climate is changing. Yeah. And, and and because that brings me actually to my next question, because in, in, in that regard, I expect that, as you mentioned, they, they start doing their homework in Belgium, but then at the same time, they cannot base their homework on the classic or traditional wine regions uh, when it comes mm -hmm. to climate change, because we don't have exactly the same climate. We always hear that, oh, mm -hmm. in Belgium, you make more this type of wine and it's going to be mm -hmm. very different than, than Spanish wine, for example, or Italian wine. 
um, so I guess that the impact is of climate change is not the same in every region. No, no, definitely not. So, and that that's a bit where where my um, research comes in as something that just has to be done. We see programs emerging or or being being laid out and being implemented already in these big, large traditional uh, traditional wine regions, but they are not just a copy paste program for Belgium. We have other um, other challenges. We are not confronted with wildfires, but we are confronted also with a very dry soil. We have a, a lot of experience, and that's a good thing. For example, we have a lot of uh, experience with hybrids or interspecific grapes. Mm -hmm. So not the Vitis vinifera, the traditional European uh, grapes. We have a lot of expertise in that. And now we see that even in the traditional wine regions, they are starting to experiment with hybrids and interspecific on a very low level. Like it's not as, as visual as, as, as it is with in, in, in our um, practices, but they are doing exactly the same thing. So this could be a very good match of sharing good practices uh, between each other. All right. And, and there's one thing that I always wonder, because I always hear, even though I didn't feel it this summer, uh, that Belgium is considered a cool climate region. Uh, perhaps you can enlighten me already and, and the people listening. What is a cool climate region? Yes, that's that's indeed a very good question. And you have several definitions of a cool climate. Like it's because Belgians example, are cool. No. <laughs> we are cool, yeah. Maybe the weather is 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 the biggest um condition for our coolness. Um I don't know. Um yeah, maybe perhaps, but I think politics has to do with it as well. Okay. Um no. So, uh, for example, I'm, I'm a part of a, a Cool Climate Wine Awards jury in Poland. That's uh, a, a wine competition only for cool climate wines. And they have like a definition of what is cool climate wines. Now they have, um, it's, it's really, you know, everything you see, France, for example, is not a part of cool climate. The south of, of Germany is not part of the cool climate, but the north is. Scandinavia is, is part of the okay. cool climate. So you have like these, uh, you don't have the ideal circumstances, when we speak of ideal circumstances like 20 years ago, to make wine. It is a challenge. There are different challenges than for the uh, traditional uh, winemaking. But they also accept, for example, the high um the high level uh, and then i mean that high level uh, literally like the wine making um products or the, the wine the wines coming from for example uh argentina at a very high level up to the mountains you, that's yeah. also considered cool climate so this is not the case for for example example what um europe europe doesn't speak literally of cool climate but europe speaks of regions uh in, in europe then huh? we don't speak of, of, uh, of south america or, or north america but for europe for example you have these regions where it is well defined in what cases that you can chaptalize so that means that chaptalize or chaptalize is to add sugar to your must, uh, to the grape juice, in order to obtain a few degrees of one or one and a half, sometimes even more, 
degrees of alcohol because the circumstances where you do your harvest do not allow to have a grape with enough sugar ripeness in it in order to make wine that will make like 10 and a half uh, degrees alcohol. Okay. And then you see, well, Belgium is, is definitely a part of that, that area where you can capitalize like almost each year. Now, don't be mistaken, we are changing and we are going to a more moderate uh, climate. So we will not remain cool climate. So we will not remain cool climate. So meaning that, that no. Belgium is not affected in, in the same way as as other countries or neighboring countries. So it's quite a complicated question. But then at the same time, I expect that, because at the beginning of the, the this podcast, you mentioned that dealing with climate change is about adaptation and also mitigation. Uh, are Belgians well represented when it comes to to the answer to climate change? I'm very sorry, Vincent, but I was uh, I was cut off. No by Internet. I'm sorry. So the, your last question, you started it, and then it was. Uh... So as you mentioned, uh, so Belgium is not uh, affected the same way as the other regions uh, or the other neighboring countries when it comes to climate change. But then you also mentioned that that climate change and dealing with climate change is about adaptation and mitigation. Uh, when it comes to mitigation, I was wondering whether our, our vineyards and our uh, winemakers are well represented when the, with the authorities and, and the answer that needs to come to climate change. Uh, well, on the European level, the, uh, level there's, all, there's already been a, a major step forward, uh, namely to accept um, hybrid and interspecific clones, and not only for grape, Uh, but also for other crop, to accept that within the appellation structure. Because so far, you know, we all know appellations from cheese and, or, or meat or wine, you know, we know the appellations. And it was forbidden for tens of, tens of years to use another uh, grape, in this case, uh, for the wine, than a vitis vinifera. So that, uh, this yeah. has been changed a few years ago. And then we come, we as Belgians, we are very experienced, as I, as I said before, in using these interspecific and these hybrid grapes. Now, what does that mean? It means that, and this also became very clear in the survey that I did uh, two years ago, that was for a postgraduate um, that I did. Um, it became very clear that the number of interventions with usually chemical um, chemical agents, right? chemical agents or pesticides or herbicides or arachnicides or whatever, the number of interventions necessary with the vitis vinifera is double in doses and double in uh, frequency. Whereas if you, if you just use a, a hybrid or an interspecific, of course you have selected that grape in your vineyard Because you want to do less interventions, you want to um, you want to to avoid to have a lot of these products not only on your fruits and on your plants, but also in the in the ground in the soil. Obviously. And if you see that that the reason why winemakers in Belgium uh, specifically choose for interspecific or um, or hybrid grapes. They say we want less interventions, and this is a, a, this has been this has been proved to be absolutely uh, correct and true in the practice. So this is a mitigation um, uh, practice uh, possibility because you 
avoid too much impact on your soil. You're gonna protect the climate from your uh, from your actions. Actually, um, that that's what what mitigation is. You, if you want to see adaptation, mitigation adaptation is really protecting yourself from the climate change, and mitigation is protecting the climate from your own actions. So that's that's a very good uh, example for uh, for Belgian uh, winemaking. Okay, and that is actually also very clear now in my mind and for the audience. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, one. no problem. I, I uh, know it, me in the beginning, a few years back, I was also like, what is this? What? And then somebody explained to me with these words what adaptation mitigation were, and I was I was very happy myself too. So well, that's that's also the point of the show. And actually, uh, you 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 still continue your researches. Uh, mm -hmm. and and I was wondering before we, we conclude our episode. Is about your, your current research, right? because you're yes. doing a doctorate, if I understand correctly. Yes, I'm doing a PhD at the University at, uh, of Antwerp, uh, in the same institute, actually, with the same promoter as the one who did uh, the supervision over my postgraduate paper uh, two years ago. And it's clear that there's so much information out there. There's so much, even the survey that I did, there's still so many elements to be analyzed. Um, that I, I, it is my goal to have a scientifically based um, improvement trajectory in the environmental sustainability of Belgian wine production. Now that's a very long title, and of course it will be, it will be, um, it will be divided if you want uh, in in different lines. So the first line is I want to prove in how much um, the Belgian reality of making wine differs from the traditional, the influencers. Because okay. if one day we will have to, uh, we will have to apply legislation that has been decided by other countries that don't live in the same reality as we do, then we are far from home in being like an emerging, promising wine country. And I'm Obviously. absolutely convinced that we need a, we need a separate um yeah we need a se separate program yeah okay and and yeah. so you're you're doing the research uh, by yourself mm -hmm. or do you yes yes yourself? i'm doing the research by myself um it, it actually uh became it, it it started as a as a joint uh initiative of a company myself and the university but the company backed out because of course it's a it's a very um, expensive, um, well, very, that, that, that's really the, to see, yeah, it's relative, but, um, now I'm just paying for the PhD myself. Uh, my supervisor is trying to get some, some funding, uh, here and there. Um, but if there's anyone in your show listening to, um, to our, our interesting words, our interesting, uh, discussion and, and conversation, Perhaps they are uh, they are most motivated to yeah to do some research specifically on on their field and that can be another industry like beer industry distillation industry whatever um, it will all be compatible with what I'm uh, what I'm trying to uh, to research. All right. Um, well, uh, I I feel that we could talk about uh, climate change and and all the impact on the the wine industry all day. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but we conclude our show with with that appeal, actually, which is quite necessary. Is more uh, more research done, and and you are doing it right now. So if anyone wants to join you, uh, I will put also the link to your website on the website when I publish this episode. Uh, and uh, first thank of you. all, I'm going to uh, thank you for explaining to me uh, very well in good words, uh, simple words, the difference between mitigation adaptation. <laughs> what is the impact on uh, uh, the Belgian wine industry? Uh, of climate change. So Vicky, thank you very much. Thank you for this opportunity, Vincent. There we go. That's all for today. Don't forget to check out 20centretail.com for more retail stories. Of course, till next time, enjoy the rest of your week and thank you for listening.